0: Good afternoon, everybody, or depending on where you're joining from, good morning. Welcome to today's webinar on revolutionizing global payroll and the views of the global payroll professionals. Mary Holland from Payslip is ready to lead the discussion, and we're delighted to welcome Pete Teliakos from 360 Insights to lend his expertise on this important topic. Before we get started, just a couple of housekeeping points. Uh, one, this webinar is being recorded. Uh, we'll make the recording available to you via email in a couple of days, should you want to access and view it at a later date. We have quite a few people joining now, so everybody will be on mute except for the panelists. Should you have any questions, uh, pop them into the QA or the chat, and I will put a selection of your questions to both Pete and Mary in the QA section at the end of the webinar. And I think that's pretty much it. So on that note, I will hand over to Mary to start the webinar. Over to you, Mary.
1: Um, Dave, can you um, move the screen? Sure. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so as Dave already uh, mentioned, I'm uh, Mary Holland. I'm a PaySlips Global Payroll Evangelist. And I'm honored today to be with um, Pete Teliakas, who is definitely an analyst and advisor in the HR space. Don't want to i'll say for many years but has vast knowledge and um really is very very exciting to have them he was with gxt advisors and they uh, recently went to 360 insights they merged together so we are very happy to have pete with me today yes thank so you dave, go ahead good ahead. <laughs> dave yeah. if you want to move to the next one then we can so today's findings are from um, a payslip and a gxt advisor and payroll org survey so pete and i are going to review the um, results from that survey provide our our insights and, and taking a look at where the market is today what's what's going on in 2023 it is november so we're also thinking about 2024 so where is the industry going in the the global payroll space A lot of changes have happened this year and a lot of movement. So we'll be discussing that during um, the session that we have today. So Dave, you can bring us to our first screen that we're gonna talk about survey question. So in this, um, we're talking about global payroll operations first. And so the survey results highlight technologies, limitations and process roadblocks. And so do you want to talk about the, the, the first one 64% of the global payroll operations, um, the people that completed the survey feel that they're unfit to support the business strategy so that that's that's a, a pretty large number, if you're looking yeah. at global payroll strategy for organizations.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, thank you for having me, Mary. It's always, always a privilege. Um, I love our, our opportunities to talk. We've done a few of these and they always come out really great. I wish we, uh, I almost wish we had a show together. <laughs> Maybe we should think about it. <laughs> Um, And thank you for the folks that, that were able to join. You know, I know it's, uh, it, we're in the thick of year end, really <laughs> starting to get it going, just getting ramped up, I'm sure for many of you. And, and look, thank you for what you do and, and keeping us all paid. So thanks for taking the time. But yeah, you know, some of this, uh, when, when I worked with uh, PaySlip and Payroll Org on this data when it came back, and we and we started to tell the story here, uh, it bummed me out a little bit, right? It's like there's a lot of there's still a lot of um, there's still this less than vibe. I feel like when it comes to payroll, and I and I know there's companies that are really obviously starting to wake up to this realization that that can't be anymore. But what is really really scary that I think organizations should understand, regardless of their size, but more importantly, especially for the bigger ones um that are trying to scale that are trying to advance their their growth right and and on some sort of a growth journey um their their underlying infrastructure if you will for paying their people and moving money their most valuable resource in their organization their talent which today best of luck finding more right it's not it's not <laughs> there there's a there's a gap and in skills there's not enough people um there's a that you're 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 battling with the creator economy now there's more options that people can take for career paths um, you know, you you're when you're sitting, uh, if you had all of those great talent and you had an abundance of that and you have all of the right things in place put together for your operating model, if you're setting it on a, a poorly structured or poorly capable payroll solution that is not scalable or not resilient and can't accommodate where you're headed, um, yeah, you're fundamentally at a disadvantage for for supporting your strategic direction. And I think that's what people practitioners were telling us here is that, look, we don't have the tools in place to deliver what this company is hoping to do. And that's a problem. And I think there's a lot of companies that have been blind to this and are really waking up that this can't, this is going to hold them back.
1: Well, I kind of agree, Pete. I mean, it's been a journey for uh, globalization, if we look at it. Started many years ago when we started offshoring jobs and functions to different uh, countries And that was that was a a transition over to that. But but in a lot of organizations, um, the locations have just been operating or regions have been operating kind of maybe in their regional approach. Mm -hmm. And then now the attention as we look at what's the strategy of our organization, what's actually happening, because the cost is there. If you look at a lot of multinational organizations in the U.S., we find that a lot of the expenses are outside the US because of mm-hmm. the operations, the growth that we that we do with most organizations have, have gone global for that growth market and also for talent, as you mentioned, talent. So I, I think the, the piece is, there's a lot of people out there, they don't feel like they have the tools, the resources, maybe even as simple as what is the strategy that we want to move forward with, right? I mean, the, the first thing is, Make it make it work right and payroll. That the main thing is make it work so that we're compliant and, and people are getting paid. But really, what does the business need? And that goes into to things like reporting and and having the ability to analyze the data and and all of those pieces. So that that is what I think brought the six brought you to sixty four percent. Looking at what 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 should we do with this? And there's still that unknown. What's that best model of operations? And there isn't one size fits all. And sometimes no, yeah. I think we look for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would even say, you know, as, as we were preparing for this, right, we were talking about just the fact that sometimes I, I see a lot of organizations don't necessarily have a global payroll strategy at all to even begin mm-hmm. knowing where to start, right? They just, they know they want to be transformed, air quotes, <laughs> but but where do we go? Where do we start? And when you look at the research that I, I that, that I've conducted, you find that most organizations don't know which way to go. Um, And they need help and they need some sort of guidance. And I think that's a, that's a key piece of stepping back and saying, hey, because you're right, right? We talked. you just talked about the talent bit, right? Folks are having to go to new places to find talent. They're having to accommodate work from anywhere. They're having to, um, you know, maybe even set up operations strategically. They're finding themselves smaller and smaller, actually, uh, at a younger rate, um, finding that they are multinational organizations and they, you know, they have acquired some things or they have done some things that have made them uh, in, this, in, in this environment that is not just singular and border and complexity. And that's where I think you're, you're getting the wake up and the realization that, look, we can't continue if, we, if, we're, if we're kind of all over the map and they need help, right? These organizations mm-hmm. need to kind of have a roadmap, if you will, for where they're headed and where they, what they want to be as, a, as an operation to support what they're, what they're trying to achieve.
1: You're de- you're definitely right, Pete. And in some of the organizations, depending on their size, it plays a piece. So the smaller, some of the smaller countries that you might be um, in, you may need HR and legal piece yeah. just for the employment piece of bringing that individual in there. And as as we look at across the globe, it kind of goes into the next sixty one percent. Each location is different, right? We all understand at the at yeah. the end of the day payroll is always local. I mean, even if we look at U.S. as one example, we have 50 states, but we're bringing down to the state and in some case, the the local piece of that city. So it doesn't matter if you're in the U.S. or you're in Germany or you're over in Brazil, we're going to have to follow that local piece that is something that is is definitely a challenge. But what resources and talent do we have in our organization to manage all of that? And I think that's probably where we get another piece of the unfit of the complexity of the regulations as we move yeah. forward.
2: Oh, yeah. And it's getting worse, right? I mean, it's compounded right. by how many countries you have. And, you know, I, I think compliance has become one of those themes that is really just bubbling up and across all of our product research, buyer research, whether it's services or, or otherwise. And I think it's why you're seeing a drive towards help right companies are looking outward and saying we don't have the best talent available for us payroll hasn't been immune to talent crunch right, <laughs> right. We're, we're losing we're losing folks in this profession and it's hard right like you think about is the average 20 something in college thinking about a career in payroll probably not i don't know that any of us ever thought we'd be in payroll but thankfully we're here thankfully you stay um but look it's it you know getting getting that is often you know not overnight and so companies are looking outward and saying how do we get some help um, managing all of this and it's, you know, it's technology, it's support um, and it's guidance that they, you know, that they're hoping for help with.
1: Well, that kind of brings us into the, to the 61% site, um, the differences in the processes across countries yeah. as a major limitation. It kind of goes back to the fact that we, we definitely know it's local. You have different, different requirements for each country of what is, is needed and different regulations. But then it comes back to, you know, what's actually going on in that organization. We look at the processes, maybe the standardization, right? Once again, it goes back to the team, right? The resources, the initiative at that top level. So what are some of your thoughts on on that, Pete?
2: Well, look, I mean, that's what you're going to have when you have a global operation, right? It's not going to be what the single flavor or lens that you're putting your, your, your each country through cannot be the same. It just isn't. Um, the U.S. alone is, is its own 50 plus countries, right? I mean, if you really want to boil it down. So, yeah, I mean, this is where you need that, um, you, you need that data, you need that insight, you need the constant monitoring, and, and, and it takes technology and an infrastructure to help you do those things properly.
1: And, and I think if you look in your organization of looking at the processes you're following today, if you can kind of break them down into, you know, the the steps of the process that you're doing, the basic function of the payroll, like pre-payroll, the actual payroll calculation and all of the post-payroll activities. If you have many organizations have a list of, you know, a checklist on any might be in a system, might be on a SharePoint, may be on paper, whatever those are, can you break them down? And if you look across different countries, is there some standardization we can have in breaking them down to those three types of steps? Yes, you may have 50 steps in one country and 20 in another, but making sure that you have that processes because if you start to look at it from that, and I think that's what part of the thing is, there's different processes, but we don't. They don't know how to get them to be standardized. Even though we know there's going to be a difference, then we continue to have process improvements as we move forward with that. And so I think that's that definitely is a challenge because the the requirements are so different. Even if we look at tax years and and different of the reporting pieces that have to be done, bringing a, a new hire in Italy has to be onboarded before with all their their information with the Italian government, you know, on day 1 of hire. So we have those complexities, but it's just part of the process that would need to be and mapped in and support with them um, our stakeholders that we're working with. Yeah. And that moves us over to, you know, we took we take a look at the processes, what we're doing, some of the challenges that we actually have. Um 70% of people um, um, think that they gave us results on this, that they're, they're taking four to five days to produce a general ledger report. Now this to me is, is mind blowing just because um, having worked uh, in finance and accounting before I went into the uh, payroll space, um, this is one of those things that if we look at systems and we look at technology, um, it's really hard for me to imagine four to five days I'll I'll let you kind of share your thoughts, Pete, and then I'll kind of share what I'm seeing from some of our clients why they're taking the the four four to five yeah. days and, and what they've done to correct that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're the CFO, right? I mean, this is this is not going to be a very good positive metric to see. <laughs> um, and especially when you're thinking about payroll being largely the biggest piece of 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 uh expense that hits the PL, right? There's 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 a very serious ramification to that. So yeah, I think this ties back to. Uh, the operations being unfit to support the business right there's like there's there's clearly a, a technology gap here there's likely an integration gap um and it probably is that there's a number of systems involved in having to bring those files together to one and integrate that or not in this case probably it sounds like it's manual uh is, is the issue and so yeah that that's a problem that's a problem for data flow that's a problem for timing of of, of p l and and financial um you know elements of of requirements right wherever you are in the world and so yeah th- this is concerning and i think it's but it's indicative of what type of environment and infrastructure payroll pr- practitioners are fundamentally working on it's outdated uh largely not integrated largely manual and often um requires you know a lot of manual effort to bring any viewpoint of payroll or the or finance together so uh, yeah, not surprising to see what's at left to you know to that as a symptom uh, of that of that number at the 64 rate. So, yeah.
1: well, well, to me, um, it's just the general ledger report, but there can be other reporting to oh. a senior leader. Uh, four to five days, it's outdated. They expect in our yeah. world of instantaneous, they they expect it in um, you know within five or ten minutes or an hour at the max. Well, what I'm seeing with clients um, that that I'm helping is the general ledger is, is typically sometimes done with the in-country providers, and we're only as good as them classifying the different account codes in there and making sure that it's correct. So payroll uh, professionals are receiving that file back. They're going through and doing review, might do some manipulation in the accounts because the salary was put to the wrong account code. And All of that takes time and review. And so from a financial review, or if I'm looking at at the CFO, I don't want anybody to be touching that GL file. I want it to come directly from the system. And that's that's one of the things that I I can highlight um, using Payslip, and I have supported and helped numerous clients with, is that we have standardized their general ledger files. It's definitely in the system. All of your element classifications are assigned to a a, a account code. And then that's what's used as soon as the gross to net or the final payroll results file is to create the general ledger automatically. So no one is touching it. And in fact, we've even moved it to the next stage where it can be delivered directly to the financial system. So no one is downloading or sharing a report. So it can be done as soon as the, re- the payroll is done, which is really cutting off the four to five day steps. And that's really what the financial team and SOX team are looking for. They don't want somebody touching a report. They want to make sure their financial information is correct and you're taking it from the key source. So this is one area at, that payroll professionals can take a look at of what's really happening and often I also recommend um, with our clients is to talk to your finance, your stakeholders in finance and accounting. What is, what are they needing and what where are the roadblocks that they're, they're getting today when they look at reconciliations? What's stopping them to do to get good analysis on that first run of the general ledger? Where, where are some of those areas that payroll can support? So you can kind of then continue to build that partnership and professionalism. So Dave, why don't we move over to the next slide? So frustration is an overwhelming theme so that needs to change. So this is the view from the payroll professional. So we certainly don't want payroll professionals to be frustrated. We want them to thrive and see um, value in the career that they've chosen and value in their organization. So. Pete, let's look at this first one. 79% are frustrated with the being unserved by technology. Now we did talk about technology, but let's just take a deeper dive into what really the payroll professional view is on this.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's indicative of the sentiment. I think I think you know, look, payroll has been looked to to be perfect always, and they and they always pull the rabbit out of the hat. all right? They uh, they work very tirelessly to pay us. Right? No one's calling on Friday to say, "Hey, thanks for getting my paycheck right." Right? They're only calling to to maybe say if there's something wrong. But you know, what's unfortunate about this for me is I work so heavily around the world of innovation and technology. I'm working with all of the major vendors out there on their payroll roadmaps. And to see that 80% of global payroll practitioners are still struggling with this just tells me exactly what we saw, right? That they're not being enabled by technology. They're likely sort of still they're limping along with something outdated or or not ideal in terms of operating model. And so I think that this is, um, but but it's more than tech, right? There's a lot more to this than elevating payroll takes takes investment and being invested by, by uh, uh, executives. I, I did a podcast on this if you're interested on HR and payroll 2.0, shameless plug, but we talked about this, right? I mean, it's one thing to put money into some technology. It's another thing to be invested in payroll as a key priority in your HCM model, operating model. And that is where payroll can really shine when it is modernized, when it is supported culturally, and when it is enabled to allow those practitioners to be freed of all that, you know, ticking and tying and manual work and allow them to focus on the anomalies and the exceptions, and return that time, leveraging their data back to the business, helping the business move forward. Right? That data that you're you're using in payroll is you're curating, I should say, is incredibly powerful. And the ability to pair that with other operational data, business data, HR data, workforce data of any kind in in, in triangulation can be very very powerful. And and but payroll's got to have the ability to do that, and they need the tools, and they need the support, and they need cultural. Uh, acceptance of payroll seat at the table, as we like to say, right? Helping the organization navigate their their decisions, right, in a compliant manner and in a way that helps them, uh, you know, ebb and flow with the business from from a payroll perspective. And that 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 requires investment and being invested uh, as a leadership team.
1: Well, and I also think with technology, it helps us to enable our processes and move forward. Okay. But technology has drastically changed, especially in the global space over the last 10 10 to 15 years. There was, you know, the model, let's just get an aggregator um, solution that will solve all of the problems. Yes, it solved the problem, you know, some of the challenges in the early years. But now as as the world's gotten larger and there's more global footprint out there, it's not meeting the needs when we look at what they actually need, the the reporting needs, the, the help, the... The timing of, of processing the payroll is is a long period of time and and for some um, organizations, it might be 15 days before the pay date that you're doing processing, which seems unreal when we're looking yeah. at in, yeah. at the modern age for a monthly payroll. So looking at that piece of it, the frustration, I think also comes with the the customer service and the technology to be able to to get key answers in a timely manner, right? We're all we're all looking. For for that answer. So, what tools, as you mentioned, what tools does the organization have? We also have to look at you know the business needs for that particular for us in a particular client, and then what um, what are, what what technology are we going to be using? You know, and and how can we can we tie that technology together so that you have a good solution? Often, sometimes I see. People spend, um, they get a HCM system, which they spent a lot of money with the HR team, but they're not utilizing it to the max as they do integrations or feeds over to the payroll area. So that's unserving the technology that you have today in your organization. Sometimes I see that um, we have a nice HCM system, but we don't have our one-time payments in that system. So why? I mean, it's asking why some of those things aren't there. We spent time to to make that system work for HR, but how are we partnering with HR so it works for payroll and get the integration so the manual work is not being done there? Or really also doing, I often see it as a a view as payroll professionals. We need to look at what's out there across the market. What are other technologies out there? What are other organizations providing to to their clients? And am I getting that same service and support I need? Do I need to move to a, a different model, operating model than I have today? And I know in the past, we've always been so afraid that we need to try to consolidate vendors. Yes, we need to manage the vendors, but we need to pick the vendors that are gonna service our organization so we have all of that employment compliance and issues that we have so that we can make sure that we are have everything in line for that particular location. So those are some of the things we have to think about when we look at, you know, kind of being stressed. Yes, it's it's a very difficult job thinking about paying 54 different locations. If that was your responsibility, how are you going to all pull pull it together? And we are looking for solutions that are going to help us serve that. And your organization, you have to support talking to upper management and letting them know that you need support, like support technology, maybe even an advisor to to look at what's actually happening in your particular organization. So then this is this is always the great one, right? The middle one, 47 percent believe their role is reviewed, uh, viewed as just simply pushing that magic button. And so we push the magic button in that first hour, everything happens that month and the rest of the month, what do we do? We just don't have any, any work to do That is an image that I believe many people think until they actually are educated how complex that is. So Pete, what are your insights on that one?
2: Yeah, this is where I think some of the less than sort of attitude towards payroll has, 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 you know, um, Hard, you know sort of thrived right is this mm-hmm. idea that payroll is somehow simple right and i think it's also sort of a testament to the payroll community's skill set right their ability to adapt and overcome and be creative and think outside the box and do do more with less um you know they make it look like it is very simple like there is just a button that they're pushing down there in the basement and and checks are just coming out um, but we all know there's a lot of acrobatics going on. There's a lot of magic that has to happen, uh, art and science that payroll has to do to make that happen. And so that I think is attributable to the athleticism of the skills of this of this community, uh, all of which are, are very future rich. When you look at uh, the, the World Economic Forum put out a chart recently around uh, the types of skills that companies are gonna be needing in the future, in the next five years, they're all the things that sound like a payroll manager, right? Adaptability, creativity, leadership, Um, attention to detail, system acumen, all things that are going to make, I think, payroll shine. And so what I think partly this is going to take, I I mentioned the fact that you're going to have to have leadership be invested. It's going to be a bottoms up, bottom up, top down thing, right? You're going to need the leadership invested and investing, but you also need the practitioner walking the talk, right? Taking their data, leveraging that data to communicate, remove emotion and show uh, where there's opportunity to improve and and really invoke that change they want to see in their organizations by using their voice, using their influence, and eventually in a transformed state and in a supportive state, that data can become incredibly powerful and payroll can really become much more of a strategic advisor and less of this sort of simple processor that it's been in the past. So, um, my my advice in this area is. Uh, it is what it is, right? We are where we are, but we can change that. We, we're getting the help from an innovation perspective. You need to b- begin taking that, leaning into it and 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 finding a way to show your value beyond um, just clicking buttons and making magic happen because it's so much more that goes on down there.
1: Definitely, Pete. Yeah. I always think that payroll is the center of the universe that we all need to share- All roads lead there. <laughs> all roads lead there. We need to share that with um, our stakeholders. So that brings in the, the piece of, you know, educating people, uh, the stakeholders of what's happening. Sometimes it's educating um, HR folks about some of the rules that are happening in a particular location that you might be moving to that they may not be aware of. So it's, it's working together across the organization. Uh, sometimes uh, payable professionals are waiting to be invited. Forget that waiting to be invited. You are invited, and please share the information. Once you start sharing the more and more um, requests and support, and it will highlight really what's actually happening. And are you showcasing monthly or, or even quarterly what's ap- actually happening in payroll and everything you do with it, with um, some charts and, and uh, graphs that kind of show what's really happening so that they understand the complexity of payroll. It's very easy for us in today's world to say it's just press the button if we think about that. So then um, this comes in, we all want automation to detect errors, right? So the manual work in the world that we live in in, in payrolls in some organizations is quite a bit because they don't always fall back to the technology and the tools that we have in place. So Pete, what's your thoughts on this one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, again, payroll has been so manual for so long. It's really been overlooked and starved for innovation. And And this stuff is here now, right? I feel like Workflow automation at the ba- at the very basics uh is is table stakes now in payroll. If you're not operating with at least that, then there's there's definitely a problem. You're at a disadvantage. So I, I think that you're going to see a tremendous amount of 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 automation now giving way to augmentation. Um, mm-hmm. AI is going to be a profound uplift for payroll for, in so many ways. Not just helping automate things, helping move data, keep data clean and accurate, but really surfacing that data. And helping the practitioner and its leaders leverage it to to do the great things, and I, I, we talked about right about making change and 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 becoming a strategic advisor. So yeah, this just this is very obvious, right? I mean, I think, uh, you you know, if if you're not in an automated environment today in payroll, you're likely in an outdated infrastructure, and that's probably a key piece you need to look at in your strategy, in your transformation initiative, and and that should be table stakes, right? The, everything today is being built with AI at the core. Um, there's no reason to struggle anymore so I hope to hope to see more more firms get to these modern states and, and start to tap into this stuff
1: so there's there's two things that payroll professionals can do in this is don't be afraid of AI right it's yep. a, some, it's a new technology so take a look at it be open-minded I know there's a lot in the media today it's not going to change tomorrow but just be aware but also I would say challenge and ask your providers, what they're doing in this space when we look at automation, um, kind of robotic pieces that are being done, some of the AI work that's being done, what is on their roadmap, right? So this is kind of a, a piece that you can ask what's on their roadmap. And then just do your own kind of research and talk to payroll professionals, other people that are using different services. And then if you happen to have the opportunity to go to some of the um, trade events, you know, a, if payroll in payroll org or some of the other shows, HR tech is another one. If you have that opportunity, take advantage to go and talk to the vendors and see what other vendors are doing. It, it really is very educational and it gives you insight. So you as a leader can present things to upper management. So Dave, let's go on to the next slide. So um, in the next couple slides, um, so payslip is, is a global payroll technology platform And I'm going to um, kind of go over a few things, how we've kind of revolutionized global payroll. Slightly different in the fact as we walk through this is we're not doing payroll calculations. We are a global platform to help you standardize your processes, have visibility, have an automated workflow, and of course have that global um, payroll reporting that's needed at your fingertips. So Dave, you can go on to the next slide. So as a technology system, we're automating, when we talk about automating those pre-payroll, I talked about having those steps as pre-payroll, using our HCM um, systems to bring that integration in, but it doesn't necessarily have to be HCM. It can be your commission file, it could be your stock equity file, your benefits file. We have the ability to bring them in in the pre-payroll steps so people are not doing um, manual entry or uploads on files It automatically happens with the, also with the benefit of those files with commissions and bonuses, they could be in 50 different entities on one file and our system has the ability to bring that in on one file and it will be updated in the entity that is for the employee that should be receiving those payments. And looking at the instant reporting and automation, the validation reports that are available after that. So we're changing the way you're actually using the system The information's coming in, you're becoming more of a data scientist, looking at the data, making sure that it looks right. The validation reports will, will give you warnings and errors, and those are set up for what your business needs. So looking at that, looking at the ability to kind of say goodbye to Excel. I know in payroll, that's probably very hard to say the death of Excel. It will never go away. But if we have automation reports, we have the validations, we're looking at that and the software is detecting errors that we're looking at, we can get away from those massive V lookups that we're doing to make sure that we have that validation or that comfort level. We're now changing the way that we're looking at the data. We're using the technology to support the view and with automation, it's coming and we'd be able to drill down exactly what's actually happening in a, in a particular input. So we can compare the inputs to the outputs that you're receiving from your uh, in-country provider or payable provider did they actually process for all of your thousand employees in Brazil did they actually remember to to pay that Christmas bonus out in the amount that you wanted you can have an automated report that will tell you instantaneously who they forgot did they forget Pete's um, bonus for for his Christmas or did they did they they put the wrong amount in so, Dave, you can move to the next slide. No, Mary, so there you, is a
2: surprising amount of payroll that is processed on Excel globally. It's probably uh, in yes. the billions. I have to believe, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's kind of scary, right? When you think about it.
1: Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, clients will share their um, how they're doing their payroll process today, yeah. and the massive V lookups make me so nervous. I mean, I'd it be nervous scary. seeing if I was an auditor reviewing them because. You pick the wrong file. You think the comparison's there. And people are spending days to validate what's actually happening, right, yeah. to be able to, to figure out what you actually need and what are those validations that you need. So it's really also thinking of what am I auditing? Yeah. What is the validation that I have the correct information? And using the technology with integrations to make sure that you have that. Yeah. So really that all of that technology then supports our control comp- our compliance controls, what controls do we have to make sure that all of the items that we are bringing in are being returned in in the correct amounts and the correct calculation, so we're looking at that. We also have the ability for you to not have to replace your current providers. You can put your current providers on our platform, and if you're not happy with the providers, you're able to replace that provider at any point in time to move to to company b and you're not going to lose your information from company a all of that will be in the platform uh, with our technology and it's an easy replacement instead of having a, a massive i'm going to move to a new provider and going through another huge implementation the other pieces we talk about when we talk about vendor management and the workflow that's automated that controls all the steps that you have in the process with that, we know we have an assigned owner. Is it somebody in our organization? Is it somebody in HR or the payroll team or the in-country provider? We have a workflow step and we have the ability to get a report that's really telling us who's doing that step and are they on time or are they late? And that helps to identify some of the errors that are happening between you and the organization. Is it the in-country provider? Often, sometimes the client will tell me after they've looked through the results and looked over it for a few months, they're finding out they have some gaps internally in their organization, that the communication of the step isn't on the correct due date. There are some people that aren't doing the task correctly. So that does help to improve continuous process improvement. So that's really what we're looking for. And it's helping... Um, The technology is helping many of our clients here at payslip are bringing their payslips that they receive from the local um, in-country providers directly back into the HCM system, be it um, success factors, be it workday. So what does that do for the the employee? The employee has one place to go to get their their payslip. They can get their tax forms, but it helps the HR team when they're communicating You know where do you get your pay information or tax information? It's all under the information that's under my employee in the HCM system. So you have a unified um, payroll experience, no longer having to say, "Here's the you know here's how you reset your password with this particular provider," um, and spending time answering those questions. So it's helping to raise the um, payroll professional in what they're doing, and they have the ability more to support the organization and thinking about what information does the business leaders in our organization need from payroll to help them make key decisions in the organization? So as we said, all roads lead back to payroll. So Dave, we can go to the next slide. So it's in a new era. So we we talked about the the path of global payroll. Technology is here. It's gonna be here to to stay and it's gonna be enhanced as we talked about AI. So looking at using technology to support that. It's a mindset change. We have to tell, share with the business what's actually happening, why we need looking at standardizations, having a more flexible agile solution that we're able to pick whoever we want to process our payroll around the world. Looking at that, what we have today and looking at what we actually need in the future. Focusing on how we can tell the story to the business with the reporting. What's actually happening? Can we show them a dashboard? Can we provide graphs instant? And I say instantaneously, it's not in five days because by that time, the decision's already been made with the C-suite. So looking at that and then having a broader look at working with your HR teams and looking at the HR strategy, the HCM that they have, what's in that and what can be adjusted. So you, you start to look at where are we spending manual time and what we can do to make sure that we're using the tools that we have inside the organization to the max, because we have invested in tools. And what is what is the next step? How can that help payroll? And in some cases with the HCM, it's building an integration, and other in other cases it might just be asking for a report or looking at the, where that information is coming and source and how you can build an integration to bring it into the payroll. So uh, Dave, you can go to the next slide. And So it's question time. So Dave, do you, um, did we receive some questions in, um, in our yep. question?
0: Yeah, we've had a few interesting questions come in here. Um, maybe this one, I can start with Pete on this one. Uh, question is, my company is planning to get a new HCM next year. How do I get senior leadership to understand why payroll needs to be considered in tandem with this type of move?
2: Yeah, that's a that's that's great point. And that's that's uh, that's going to be difficult if the strategy isn't already considering payroll as part of that. And so I think those conversations should go to who, whomever is steering these, you know, your, if there's a steering committee or or whomever um, and really make that case for why an integrated look what I commonly find is. After about it used to be around 12 months after about a year of converting to cloud HR firms would then begin to look at payroll. But what we are seeing is firms starting to do more of that in tandem. Um, and I think the sooner that you can begin to have a global payroll strategy in line with your corporate, you know your broader HCM strategy, um payroll has to be at the heart of the employee experience. It has to be at the heart of that scalability and agility and compliance. So, I think you make a case for why it's so valuable and how much it can elevate, it amplify what they're doing from an HR perspective, and the synergies that it can that it can help you with uh, the data, right? When it's all there together and in real time and activated in a way that the organization can can get at it and, and do something with it in concert with other data, I think you can make a case for showing why it's very critical for payroll to be a, bit, a part of that. And if it's not going to be done right with the HR, that's understandable. Some companies can't digest all that at once. At least have it on the roadmap where there is a plan for it to happen. Uh, because if you if you just take all of that modern HR and you slam it on top of a of an unstable payroll, it's gonna be like, you know, having uh cheap tires on an expensive a luxury car, right? It's not gonna handle the same. So um yeah. Yeah. You gotta it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work well. You gotta you gotta make a case, you gotta show that value to all of the things we talked about today, right? The impact that you can have. Um it's immense. And I just hope more firms understand it's a competitive advantage to have payroll transformed, not just for your employees, but for your, you know, for your back-end strategic agility.
0: Yeah. Let's hope companies start to view it that way in the future. Mary, perhaps this one for you, um, a question has come in asking if, uh, service-based models like aggregators or accountancy firms are no longer able to meet the complex needs of modern global payroll.
1: Uh, are they the comp? Well, first of all, I think the aggregator, and and I'm not remember, depends on the organization you're working. The aggregator may be able to service you correctly. It depends on your business needs. But what I'm seeing is, in some cases, when you have forty or fifty different entities or countries around the world, there's a whole bunch of different rules and regulations, and it's really hard to be able to understand exactly what's required in those particular um, countries. So I find that the accounting firms, if the populations are smaller or less than 1,000 employees, sometimes larger, the accounting firms will work um, well in the fact that they'll always make sure you have a compliant payroll. So one of the things, at least in my background, is coming from finance, I always have that audit piece and making sure it's compliant because at the end of the day, we don't want penalties um, in a certain location but that could impact the employee, but they could impact the organization. And also when we leave the US and some countries across the world, if we have these type of non-compliance items, your um, entity could be closed down. So it's it's really you don't want to be that poster child. So the the model is it depends on really what the business needs are and the skill set you have in your organization. So th- there's there is things that you need to look at with the aggregator, you know what services are they going to provide on the compliance piece one of the, the the key things that I'm hearing from many people is that, well, they expected them to understand or point out that there was compliance error, but that may not have been in your service delivery agreement of what you expect. True. So looking at what you're really actually expecting, and that goes for any size, the aggregator uh, going out to a software that you're gonna use in-house, and it goes to the accounting firms is what are you expecting in that service? And what do you really need In some cases, people need someone to go through the payroll to make sure their compliance, have a health check, at least maybe once a quarter or once a year to take a look at what's actually happening. If you have complex compensation packages, and I always reference back to the um, stock equity, if you don't have someone that understands the complexity of that and making sure that it's being entered correctly into the calculations for payroll, you're gonna end up with results that are going to impact the employee. And once that, once those type of things happen in an organization, people start to lose faith with payroll, even though you might've done it a hundred times before, thousands of times before everything was accurate. But the one time a few of those items pop up, there's really doubts that sometimes happen in the employee's mind, but there's also doubts sometimes that happen in the senior leadership role. Um, Piece, because I've, I've had people tell me that they went to a, or a job interview and the reason that they, the first question that was asked was, how can you ensure that you're gonna be compliant? Because the last payroll manager wasn't compliant in these countries. So that those are things like how can you always, no one knows everything about a and what tools do you have to make sure that that's there? So it is very complicated. I think you really have to take a look at the vendors you're using and customer service, it seems to always be a key piece that we hear out. How fast are they going to respond to your query? And then what are those questions that you want them to support with? And and I would take a deep dive in, you know, even if it's building out a template to rate where your organization is today with the vendors you're using, and what are those nice to haves that you actually want? And can some of them be fixed? And if you're not sharing, so here's another thing is sometimes people, I hear, you know, I'm at an event and I hear them complaining or making remarks about a particular vendor. And then my first question is, have you told them? And they look at me and say, well, Mary, they're not going to care. Well, but if they don't know, how can they make adjustments? And if you don't try, if you try and they don't care, that's one thing. But if you at least try to make it better, and are you meeting regularly with them to kind of go over your service delivery and expectations? So that's kind of my kind of feedback I would say on that model. It's a very complex area and it isn't there's no magic one size fits all. So that's that would be, I know that's what we want, but we're never going to have it. So we may as well just accept it and enjoy enjoy the differences.
0: Very interesting. Thanks for that, Mary. Okay, final question and maybe both of you could take this one individually. It is, what is the one piece of advice you would have for global payroll delivery in 2024? Maybe start with you, Pete.
2: My advice. Well, I guess it really depends on uh, what stage of maturity that your organization or your operation is in. But I would say, you know, look, very much lean into your compliance right now. I think it's, it's very, it's obviously got to be very hard. Uh, Don't take your eye off that ball. That's incredibly, incredibly important. Um, You know, and if, you know, I always like to say this too, if you do all of the the you know payrolls like an iceberg right the employee experience is really just the tip of that the pay slip you know the trust all of that is very very important but there's so much more work that has to go into that underneath the surface right the the blocking and tackling as i like to say the the processing the build to gross the gross to net the you know the tax the compliance all of that um don't take your eye off all those fundamentals right there's a lot of great technology coming online there's a lot of great tools for both the employee and the practitioner but really focused on leaning into the fundamentals and getting the fundamentals right because everything else just for, for payroll really always falls in line. Um, and use your data, right? Again, use that data to free you from uh, the stigma that you're just a simple processor. There's so much more to what your skills are, there's so much more to what you can provide the organization when it comes to organizational agility and the ability to help them see around the next corner, if you will. But that takes data. That takes your data. That takes business data. That takes HR data. It takes a lot of data in concert to be able to, to behave that way as a as a very agile organization. But uh, that's where I think payroll can be the biggest supporter. Right, is activating its data, helping the company move forward, make change, make make improvements, and support whatever they're trying to accomplish. So,
0: yeah, lean into all that. Great, thanks, Pete. Mary, same question for you. If there was um, one I, thing I, for global payroll in twenty twenty four.
1: First thing I would t- take a look at where you are today, right? So where are the gaps where you are today? Do you, and, I mean, there's, as Pete mentioned, the compliance it is one piece, the tools, um, the reporting, really what is evaluating what you have today and identifying those gaps. And I would definitely say we need to look at the reporting piece. We need to look at the automation piece, you know, how much manual work are we doing? All of those are going to be key pieces. But remember if you have 80 different locations, you may have some things that are a little bit more manual because that location isn't as sophisticated as as some of the other ones, but you need to identify that. I would also listen and talk to your teams in these locations that are doing the processing if you're regional and get some feedback on on where they think they have gaps today. Because sometimes as a leader, we need to be able to make sure we're listening to them and, and look at suggestions and build out a process improvement thing Look at what processes we did in 2023. What are our achievements for the organization and get that out? But what do we want to achieve as a global payroll team for 2024 so that we can work together? And that includes putting all people in the organization together so that we can all be successful and that they can feel very good about the role that they're contributing to the organization that they're supporting. And and that is really key. So that we're able to keep the employees that we have in our in our in our roles, and we can continue to have
0: growth. Okay, that's great. Thanks, Pete and Mary. There were some really interesting insights there. That brings to an end uh, this afternoon's webinar. I'd like to thank everybody for joining, and we hope to see you again at the next payslip webinar in December. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks again, Pete. Thank, thank you. you, Pete. Bye.